I don't even know if words can really put out there and let people know how thankful I truly am because it's not only going to help people, individuals, but it's going to help families. It's going to help schools. It's going to, the money that we give out here shortly is going to affect so many people. Welcome to Athletes Doing Good Podcast, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. I'm Shelly Seward, president of Capture Sports Marketing. And I'm sports reporter Jen Latta. Only weeks apart, Hurricane Laura and Hurricane Delta devastated southwest Louisiana. That's why Lake Charles natives Jace Peterson with the Milwaukee Brewers and Wade LeBlanc of the Baltimore Orioles came together to raise funds and rebuild their community through the Operation Rebuild Lake Charles Fund. Today, Jace gives us a glimpse at what it was like going back to his hometown to see the devastation firsthand and tells us how we can help the people of Lake Charles. Jace is another example of an athlete doing good. To join in their efforts to rebuild their hometown, check out their GoFundMe page, which is Operation Rebuild Lake Charles. To join Athletes in Doing Good, text ADG2020 to 76278 and donate today. The Athletes Podcast with the most downloads each month will receive the money raised for his or her charity. So Jace, can you explain to us what it was like being in Milwaukee on the road while the devastation was happening back in your hometown at Lake Charles? It was kind of just a really helpless feeling for me. The only good part, I guess, in the whole situation was my family was able to get out and I knew that they were okay. But being there in Milwaukee and watching the news and staying up through that night as the storm, as Laura was touching landfall, I was really feeling helpless and unsure and uncertain about so many things from obviously friends and family who may not have gotten out, just the houses, the the structures that were there. What was God going to come home to? What were we going to have to do? Were we going to have to rebuild our whole house? Just unsure from the reports of the news and watching it live. They were calling for a lot bigger storm surge with Laura. So that was kind of my main concern watching it. And fortunately, we didn't have the storm surge they were saying that we were going to have. So I think mostly it's just a helpless, it was a very helpless and kind of very vulnerable feeling. When did you first realize that it was bad for people that you knew? Honestly, the next day, well, that night I was actually FaceTiming one of my buddies who stayed home. And whenever I lost connection with him about five in the morning, and the last time I had FaceTimed him was three in the morning and he went outside because a tree had fell through his house. And I was actually on the FaceTime with him before it cut out. And the next morning when the same friend called me, he FaceTimed me around the house. And it was, I mean, he had 10 pine trees that were in their yard that were down and one was through the house. So really even then from getting pictures and kind of seeing it, I really didn't realize how bad it was until I was on the way home after the season driving in. That's kind of really when I was like, my goodness, like my dad had said the pictures and everything videos don't do it justice until you get here. And really from, from what I saw and felt when I first drove up, he was right on with that. Can you describe it for people who haven't seen or who have only seen photographs of some of the devastation, what you're talking about? Really, if you, if you, if you could pick any street here in Tavishu Parish, and if you go down that street, there's going to be piles probably 10 foot to to 15 foot high of debris, whether it's trees, fencing, 
material, tin, shed buildings, whole buildings, anything you can imagine is, is piled up on the sides of the streets everywhere. And that's every street in in the parish and in the surrounding parishes, really. So right now, FEMA's coming by and, and they have two big toker trucks that are loading up and they just pull debris and they do that daily. And I mean, honestly, they've been doing that since Laura hit. And if I didn't know any better, I would say that nothing has started yet. But being here and seeing it now, I know that they're clearly working, but it's just, it's so much stuff and it takes so many manpower and, and women to be on hands to do things that I think we're at least a year, at least a year from getting anywhere close to being clean. And, and even then it's going to be another year or two before we're rebuilt. Wow. In talking with Wade, who you joined forces with to raise funds to help rebuild the Lake Charles area, he was talking about the sheer number of homes that either were destroyed or had their roof blown off, and then the amount of rain that was in there. So essentially, their houses had to be knocked down. So I can imagine for you coming home and seeing that, and then within less than six weeks of Hurricane Laura hit, another hurricane hits you guys. I could not believe it when when being home for me for a week and seeing kind of what you're talking about. The there's not a every ten houses that you see, nine of them are going to have a blue tarp, and that's just the reality of it. There's some type of shingle damage, roof damage, water damage to most to nine out of ten houses. But when I came home and finally kind of got to be here for a week and then look at the news and we see, oh, there's another storm out there. Well, hey, it might miss us to the east. We might be on the good side of it and and be okay. And as the week progressed, it just started kind of shifting a little bit more west, a little bit more west. And then before you knew it, it was going to center punch us again. So I think it it hit actually when it made landfall, it was 15 miles east of where Laura did. It was either 15 miles east or 15 miles west. Either way, it's 15 miles away from the same track of Laura. And I mean, that's two storms for a lifetime. And and there's a lot of guys and men and women who have been around here for a long time that are saying that they can't believe it. They're 60 years old and have never had to see two storms in one year back to back like that. So it's definitely a little weird and a little odd, but I feel like you just throw it right into the 2020 mix and call it 2020. Why was it so important for you guys to lend your voices, your platforms to this cause? I think for me specifically, I know that my heart was at home. My mom was at home with my family, with my friends, with with all my kinfolk and and just the relationships that I have with people here and in the community. I love Lake Charles. I love Moss Bluff, Louisiana and Cameron Parish. This is where I grew up. I've been able to live here and grow up and play baseball, play football, play basketball, be active outside in the outdoors, whether it's hunting and fishing. I know what the people truly mean and truly want for people. And I, I know that everyone here is, is genuinely cares and loves their neighbor. And obviously that's not everyone, but for, for the majority, people down here in Louisiana care and love their neighbor. And for me, it's just, I'm a professional baseball player. That's my job. That's what I do. And I just wanted to use my platform the best to my ability to be able to step out of my comfort zone a little bit and reach out there and try to get as many people backing us as I could to do whatever help that I could. And and obviously with the funds, it's going to go to a lot of places, but that was just my initial thought. I just was like sitting on the couch and like, I have to do something and I can't do anything because I'm not there, but this was the best route that I felt that I could do. And 
along with Wade, obviously we were able to kind of just jump out on a limb and start it. And, you know, I think I'm very happy with where it is. And I would love to say that we have a, a lot of tons more to kind of give, give away and go out. But I think that the amount of money that we have now is definitely drastically going to help a lot of people. And I'm very excited about that. But that's kind of just – I just wanted to do something to help <clears throat> my community and my hometown and do a very small gesture with starting this thing up. And hopefully – and thankfully, a lot of people did back it up and helped out big time. Coming up, Jace will share why Lake Charles will always be home for him. But before he does, I want to tell you a little bit about today's episode sponsor, Robert Hack Diamonds. For over 72 years, Robert Hack Diamonds has been Wisconsin's most trusted and respected name known for diamond engagement rings, wedding rings, and custom jewelry. With a commitment to customer service, Robert Hack Diamonds applies the highest level of professionalism and expertise while guiding you in your search for an expertly crafted, stunningly beautiful diamond. For store locations or to shop online, visit roberthackdiamonds.com. I don't know if a lot of people know that you not only grew up in the area, but you went to college in the area as well. And clearly you still, you know, still go back there, call that home during the off season. So I can only imagine, you know, what that place holds for you. It's everything for me, for sure. I mean, going, growing, it's all I know. It's all I can remember. And it's just, it's made me who I am today and everything that I do and love in life is here. And I enjoy that family foremost and hunting and fishing and, and sports and just the people here, the community, the food. So I would do anything that I could to help this community rebuild. And I'm going to continue to do that until we, we get back on our feet. And I honestly think that that's a big part in why it might not have gotten the national attention as, as it may have could have, as if this was in another place is because the reality of it is the people down here aren't going to wait around and ask for help. They're, that's just not how we're built. That's not how, if something needs to get done, if something needs to get fixed, we're just going to do it. And they're, they, that's kind of what's happened. People are just going about their day and doing whatever they have to do the day after the storm. It's amazing how many people show back up and just get to work. So I think that the nature of the people here, just not waiting for help and just kind of getting back on it and, no one's going to do it for you. So you kind of just take that mentality and people just get back to work. Do you think that's part of the reason why you've been successful? Because you are built that way, that kind of resilience. We all experience adversity. Certainly this is, you know, a a lot of adversity all at once, but having grown up in that area, do you feel like that mentality has benefited you in your professional life? Absolutely. No doubt about it. I think everybody has their different challenges and different things that they have to pass or move over or get around. And for me, it's just the way that obviously my dad and mom raised me and the way that I just try to go about my everyday, no matter what's in front of me, I'm going to tackle it to the best of my ability and do the best that I can. And I've never been one to back down from a challenge or move around an obstacle. If there's something that I don't know how to do, I'll I'll ask and someone could show me or I'll get it done. I'll figure it out. So that's kind of the, the mentality that I take. And I don't think there's anything that I can't do and anything that I can't figure out. So for me, it goes all the way back to growing up and then also sports, just playing different sports, baseball, football. I think that mentality is definitely something that, that I have been able to kind of start when I was young and continue to grow through different things that I've done. And I like where I'm at now. And it's definitely evident in the people here in Louisiana for sure. 
So with raising over, I think when I looked last, it was $56,000. The impact that you can have in your community with that. What do you say to those that have donated to your... I don't even know if words can really put out there and let people know how thankful I truly am because it's not only going to help people, individuals, but it's going to help families. It's going to help schools. It's going to, the money that we give out here shortly is going to affect so many people. And I think the trickle down effect is just, it goes beyond words. And I I really don't think a, a thank you is sufficient, but I know that from the bottom of my heart, I am very grateful and thankful. And everybody that has contributed to this GoFundMe is going to drastically change people's lives and help people in a way that they can only imagine. What else can people do to help? Honestly, right now, I think the GoFundMe thing is the probably the best route. Other than that, I mean, keeping people, keeping Louisiana and keeping the people here in, in your prayers and thoughts. And other than that, I mean, if people could kind of come down here and see what kind of it really does look like. I think that that's just something that would have to kind of come down here and see it. And then you might want to get hands on because you see how bad and realize how bad it is and how much stuff there is to do. But I I honestly think that just the the GoFundMe are keeping us in thoughts and prayers and just, that's really probably it right now. It's hard to say what exactly. I know we have supplies, we have water, we have gas, we have fuel. So we're able to do things now, but I think, really where we're at now is just kind of continuing to try to get a little bit more in the GoFundMe so we can get that out. And other than that, just continue to think about us and keep us in your prayers. I would be remiss if I didn't ask a baseball question while we have you here. There's no. been so much talk, Jace, about like these extra or these um, new rules that they put in place for MLB. So mm-hmm. obviously the runner on second and the seven inning double headers and the three batter minimum and the DH. Do you like any of those? Do you like to see them continue them after this year? I do. I, my favorite's the seven inning double header. I love that. The I hope that that continues because, I mean, it's it can get carried away when you play two nine-inning games, and then before you know it, you're in the 26th inning of the second game. So the, <laughs> the seven-inning game is a huge one for me. And I also did like the, the runner on second because, obviously, it, it makes the game quicker. Uh, I don't think pitchers like it as much, but it just – it allows it allows a team to be able to win pretty easily if they execute on offense. So um, those two rules are probably my favorite. Um, the rest, as far as, like – the pitch, the clock that they kind of mess with or talk, talked about, uh, I'm not really whatever. For me, those two are my favorite, and those are the only two that I really care about. The DH part, I think they could keep the DH. I can see it. Before, I would say let's keep it National League and American League, but after doing it this year and kind of seeing it and being on a team with, with the DH and the National League, which was a little weird, but I like it, and I think that pitchers kind of like it as well. Outside of the cold weather, what do you think of Milwaukee? Love it. Honestly, love it. The outdoors life for me, I didn't realize it was such a good fishery. I I found some great places to fish up there. Um, The people were fantastic. I thought the landscape was beautiful for me, just driving around, seeing corn fields and whether it was cranberry fields or the soybean fields. I love that. So for me, I loved it. It's not one of those cities that you feel overwhelmed in when you're there. Uh, It's kind of a little big city, I guess. And then you go 15 miles either way and you can kind of get off into some countryside. So I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Milwaukee and, and liked it more than I ever would have thought I would for sure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Athletes Doing Good, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. 
Go to CaptureSportsMarketing.com to listen to our other interviews and to hear stories about the person behind the player and the people behind the team who are making an impact on others. To join athletes in doing good, text ADG2020 to 76278 and donate today. The athlete's podcast with the most downloads each month will receive the money raised for his or her charity.